1: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
1: Oh, reap me maras. Welcome back. How's it gone? It's me, your host Skelly. This is episode 15 of the Blue Army podcast. And as always, we like to start off with some positive vibes. And by the way, by the way, I want to start getting you guys involved in these positive vibes. You by now, if you've listened to the show before, probably enjoy our Blue Army podcast. Joe, Joe. segment or feature and if you do enjoy that and you have a joke that you think would be hilarious and you'd like to share it with my my with me with me me and the rest of the listeners on the blue army podcast then please please send me a joke you can either just write it down send it to the email address which is the blue army podcast no it's not No, it's not. It's thebluearmypod at gmail.com. You can send it to that email address. You can just jump into my direct messages on Instagram or I'm pretty sure there's some kind of feature where you can send me messages on the Facebook as well. That's all just The Blue Army podcast on the social networking features. And please send us a joke. Send me a voice note of you telling a joke and I'll just play that you know, and then I won't even have to do a joke at all, or if you don't want to do that, just write one down, and I'll say it on the show, and I'll give you some credit for it, don't worry about it, I won't just steal your joke, alright, I'll give you some credit for it, and um, yeah, it'll be a bit of fun, but for now, it's me, and uh, I have a a joke for you guys, so, without further ado,
0: is he having a laugh?
1: I think he's trying
0: to, it
1: the Blue Army Podcast,
0: to <laughs> 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 <of> the week!
1: <laughs> oh, Reese, I've got a clever one for you this time. <clears throat> I was in the pub uh, last week in the beer garden, enjoying a beer with a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while, and this friend of mine decided to confess to me one of his issues that he became addicted to over lockdown, he started to eat clocks and watches and he was obsessed with timepieces and the way that they tasted. And I said to him, that must be time consuming. Right? <laughs> yeah? Right? You get- yeah? Nailed it. Nailed it. Time-consuming. Because he's eating clocks, right? time brilliant okay moving on with the podcast this week we have Liam from Blue Army TV YouTube and now Instagram I'm pretty sure he's expanding he's got a Twitter handle he'll tell us all about it it's the second time that he's on the show and if you heard the first time he was on the show he's got very expertise analysis and then obviously me and Wills will do our best later on in the show with a second match report that'll be the Cheltenham Town game Liam from Blue Army TV will be talking to us about the Harrogate Town game. And since I've mentioned it, why don't we just get on with it for Christ's sake? You know, there's no need to keep teasing things like special guests. What? What? What was that? You've got a special guest coming. I do, mate. I've got some special interviews lined up. I have some already recorded. I'm pretty sure I've been teasing it already. But. I'll just want to uh, drop it in again and raise a bit more hype for the summer because the summer is just around the corner. The summer schedule is going to be fast approaching and I cannot wait for you guys to listen to some of the amazing interviews I have in the bag. I'm going to be preparing some sort of teaser hints and if you can guess it in advance there might be a bit of a prize in it for you all right so we've all got that to look forward to and you know what let's crack on now with the show that's enough teasing from me about certain things and we're going to hand over to future me and Liam from Blue Army TV all right off we go for our match report for the Harrogate Town game Welcome back, welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 15. And how have you been getting on since the last time I saw you? Not bad.
2: I can't say the same for the uh for the team, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's it, mate. yeah, it's got a little bit ski whiffy since we last spoke, hasn't it? We were on a bit of a run, is, weren't yeah. we? I believe, the last time we were talking. And oh at least at the start of a decent run. We were,
2: yeah. I think I came on a few games before the Barry game. I and uh, that was right at the end uh, right at the very uh, beginning of that sort of unbeaten run we went on
1: been a bit boring since then it's been a lot of like nil nil i've had two nil nils to talk about back to back that wasn't exactly great but at least it wasn't on the same episode so we managed to get through it as i normally do buddy we'll start with the Carlisle united starting lineup for the game against harrogate here we go In goal, we had Farman in the defensive line. We have Tanner, Hayden, Anderton and Armour. Riley, Guy and Mellish in the midfield. And then JJ, Zanzala and Alessandra playing up front. Now, I watched one of your recent YouTube videos when there was a substitution in uh, Carlisle's last match. Anderton was moved to centre-back. And um, we were quite... I, I, I was with you. I was quite excited to see... What Anderton could do at centre back, and um, I'm not sure if it was his the instructions that he was given, maybe for the first 15 minutes, or maybe nerves, or being out of position, or didn't it didn't exactly it wasn't exactly a great game for Anderton, was it? What would you what would you sum up his performance at centre back for the first half?
2: Well, um, obviously, I think right at the very start he conceded three massive chances, two of which were scored, one of which was. Uh, ruled off for offside rightfully or wrongfully I'm not not entirely sure about that but I think what with Anderton at the minute it's purely down to confidence because earlier on in the season we um, we've seen that he can be a class player I remember that one of the test matches that I went to against uh, Southend he he had a great game that day and I remember when we first signed him from Blackpool him and Callum Guy made their uh, debuts together and both of them played brilliantly against uh, Mansfield Town, I believe it was. So he's shown in the past how great a player he can be. And I think that if you get him right in confidence, then that's, he will be the good player. But that kind of player isn't the kind of player you want as, as almost captain. If a, if a player is too
1: reliant on how his confidence is, he probably shouldn't be the uh, the captain. No, I think it was given a rough hand to deal with on this occasion, going against the size and strength of John Stead, and obviously the experience that Stead comes with at this level. Um, it was always going to be an ask. See... What I was sort of saying earlier about the instructions is that I think maybe Anderton was given the sort of one-on-one responsibilities to maybe man-mark and get close to John Stead in the early stages of the game. And that'll maybe take away the defensive responsibilities of holding a shape and holding a line and, and having to sort of monitor everything that, well, while he's out of position. And um, obviously that didn't go very well. Uh, John Stead and and Harrogate had a very good game plan, it seemed against that defence and they knew where our weaknesses were and they played the balls um, into those weaker areas for us like he mentioned he probably was at fault for the um, the disallowed goal and, and the goal itself what do you remember about the disallowed goal I mean it, it didn't jump off the page as being an offside for me I thought it was very close when it happened but our
2: team doesn't usually react to like the refs' decisions. I think they need to get on that a lot more. And I think, you know, you, you see commentary teams going on about you know how the Carlisle players don't going like not that going up and shouting at the refs the right thing to do, but other teams seem to do a hell of a lot more than Carlisle. And I, I started to think that it was offside when they started to think it was offside, because the reaction from our players when that happened was just it was mad because they ran over and just started screaming at the ref. And when that when especially when our team does that, it probably is. But I, I also really don't like to see the refs sort of responding to what the players are shouting at him because, you know, it, look, whether it was right or wrong, the ref changed his mind because of the players and that's that, that shouldn't be happening, especially not at like a professional level like we're at.
1: It does seem to happen a lot at this level. The referees can be influenced quite a bit by um, the reaction of the players. And yeah, you are right. I don't think necessarily Carlisle are fantastic at reacting and trying to sway the referees. They're just a little bit of a, uh, I noticed a little bit of a hand thrown in the air by Hayden, who was maybe looking at the linesman a little bit, but there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of protesting about any of it. So you're not, you're not going to get those chances in games if you're not going to go into battle for them I suppose the referee is not going to take a second look unless you ask them to take a second look it was only three minutes after the disallowed goal where Carlisle's look sort of run out we looked very shaky in the first 10 minutes and it was in the 11th minute when Harrogate broke the deadlock there was a long throw into the box which was cleared very well by Carlisle Harrogate lingered forwards and uh, eventually the ball came back in from the goalkeeper. Big, long looming ball. Anderton maybe missing the header there. He should have been tracking back a bit better. The ball went over the head of Anderton and um, the winger was onto it. There was some poor control and I believe a suspicion of handball in the control there. Uh, Tried to get a little ball into the box and there was a really poor header from Hayden who sort of just headed the ball back where it came from, which was still inside the Carlisle United box, a small threaded ball through and a finish that looked like an impossible angle and was just a really frustrating goal to concede. How did you feel once that ball rolled barely into the back of the net?
2: I remember thinking that's probably the worst goal we've conceded all season. And yeah. putting that with the, uh, the the McDonald mistake against Bader. Which I think was one of the other sort of worst goals we considered all season. How for, for a start, how is that getting past farming? Because it's one thing to get beat at your near post, but it's one it's another to get beat at your near post from there. You know, like it it's it is an impossible angle to score from. And it, and with a, like a competent keeper in that situation, it it is an impossible angle to score from. And even and even when it gets past uh farming, we've got Aaron Hayden on the line there to, you know, he's there on the line for a reason. And he, he just kind of, there was some attempt to clear it off the line, but it, it wasn't like a, a, it didn't seem that urgent to get it off the line. Like he, he, he should have been straight on it. He should have been switched on, which I think was a big issue in today's, in, um, in that game. Because it, it just, for that goal in particular, they just didn't seem switched on enough. No that was the problem.
1: It reminded me of um do you play FIFA? Yeah, yeah. So it reminded me of when it glitches, and you've got a poor goalkeeper, and he sort of walks into his post, and then doesn't, and then like the computer graphics kind of mess up, and the way that they drop to the ground is really slow or clumsily. If they even, you know, the way they sometimes get caught in their own netting on the front post, that's what it kind of the way the the slow pace, the way the ball went into the back of the net, that's what that reminded me of. Um, Carlisle had only three shots in the first half, zero hit the target. Um, I don't really have a highlight necessarily for Carlisle in the first half. The best of the chances after the goal was a Harrogate chance, a long throw from uh, Jones I believe it was. amazing the distance that he can get on the long throws. It caught Carlisle off guard on more than one occasion. And on this occasion, it went over the head of armour and the, uh, the striker brought it down on his chest, turned and thankfully hit it wide. I felt again, we got away with one and going into halftime, Carlisle could have very easily have been three nil down on another day. What were your feelings going into halftime? And, the reaction to the triple substitution? The triple sub is
2: something that Beach really hasn't been a fan of because he, he seems to, even when things are going wrong, he always sticks with the same squad, which, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it, it's up for debate. But at half time, I just remember thinking, if we don't get switched on, this could be a cricket score. You know, I, I w- thankfully, the Carlisle players didn't think the same thing, but I'd already accepted a loss at that point because we just didn't look up for it. We just, they were just slugging about. Maybe There's the triple no corner is what
1: changed it. No shots on goals, no corners. It really looked like there was nothing going to happen for us. Just to point out the names and the triple substitution, sorry. Armour came off. I think it was maybe because he was on a yellow. That was the reason he came off instead of Anderton. And Anderson was left on the pitch. Alessandra also came off. And uh, Riley came off for Bennett. Patrick and Walker it probably did save the game like you were about to say sorry the triple substitution what what stood out for you when the triple substitution was of a certain player
2: look I've got um I've got a friend who's a Preston fan and he seems to not be a, a massive fan of even Walker and combining that with he hasn't really been the magnificent for us this season he's been he's been all right when he's been Put on I don't think he's been given thought, the
1: opportunity.
2: No, but that he really surprised me today because I thought he was brilliant. He always had that one that one shot that came off the post. And if he can or maybe the bar, but whatever, whatever it hit, hit the woodworking <laughs> somewhere. But um but yeah he even outside of that he was brilliant today um in the match. Obviously uh Alessandra I agree with taking off because I thought he was just he was doing Next to nothing. He, he, the thing is with Alessandra, I'd love him to be here next season. I think is he one of the players
1: that announced a new contract for? Is is, is he been up? offered a contract extension? It's been activated, I believe, for Alessandra. Is
2: nice, that what it is? Mm-hmm.
1: But he's not a player.
2: He's a player that should be maybe coming off the bench. He, oh, because he, he he tries, and that's that is Alessandra. That's Alessandra's whole trait, if you get what I'm saying. Because he just. His whole thing is to go on there and give it his all. And today, he wasn't linking up well at the front. He was trying, but whatever he was trying, it wasn't going well. And it just wasn't his game today, Alessandro.
1: It didn't, it didn't seem to work for him. And in and, and a lot of games, he, he's, he He tries hard, but there's, there's very little end product, unfortunately, uh, whether it comes as an assist or a goal. Uh, I just haven't seen enough from him this season with the amount of times that he, he has the ball at his feet. Um, I believe if he does accept... The contract extension, the way that Carlyle United have been doing it recently is they've given a lot of players contract extensions. And hopefully that means when we do add players in the summer, we're looking to bring in a higher calibre of player, not bench warmers. And we're obviously looking to bring down maybe certain players onto the bench, maybe. So we've got a standard and he's trying to maintain the standard, maybe. This might be the way forward. Yeah, so coming out of uh, for the second half, Carlisle were looking more up for it because of the free substitutions. It wasn't t- until the 58th minute when Ethan Walker had the first Carlisle United shot on target. So at least that finally happens. And uh, there wasn't much to report between that and Carlisle United's goal, which came in the 75th minute. And well, it, it's becoming a typical Carlisle United goal, isn't it? Really a set piece uh, Callum guy delivery and uh, it was JJ who climbed high and headed the ball home. It was a great moment. Uh, it lifted me yep. and, and and it looked like Carlisle were really going to go for it after the goal. Um, how did you feel about the goal? Is is it just a signature Carlisle goal for you? Typical. You enjoy
2: it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the, it's a typical Callum guy assist because he, this season, is our, he is the team at the minute because is the top assister in the season now, I believe. Maybe that's changed since last time I checked, but um, he just seems to, his set pieces are great. I wasn't too uh, fond of his corners towards the start of the season, but he's picked up on all of his set pieces. He's just missing. The the only thing that I think stopping a big, a big, big club coming in for him is the fact that he just does not score at all. And that's not for lack like, of trying. He, he does have them shots from outside the area. He's not the best shooter in the world, but... His assist game is just amazing and them them set pieces. Obviously, Josh Coyote, I was I was asking for him to be uh, to be taken off. I thought maybe he should have came off at half time instead of maybe uh maybe Armour um, or, or one of the other players or Riley. I'd have liked um Josh Coyote to come off instead of Riley. Okay. But because Coyote didn't have a brilliant game today apart from the goal. And the goal was great, it was a great header. He didn't have a great game, but it it, it Mitch soon changes your opinion of a player seeing him smash one into back of the back the there, doesn't
1: it? It absolutely does. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why him and Zanzala hung around for so long on the pitch is because without them two on the pitch, we were monstrously undersized against Harrogate. They're a huge Outfit, and um, there there are two biggest uh, tallest players, really, uh, Coyotes and Zala. So if you take those guys away from the set pieces, um, and set pieces being our most affluent, um, fruitful goal scoring opportunities of late, then you're going to be sacrificing, perhaps. So, yeah, on this occasion, we have to give it to Chris Beach, don't we, for sticking with K.O.D., sticking with the height, sticking with the strength and just bearing with it, even though his performance didn't necessarily warrant the amount of minutes that he got on the pitch.
2: Yeah, and people have criticised Chris Beach a lot, but I think it's moments like this that sort of prove that he, he does, he, he does know what he's doing. Yes. And, um, yeah, but uh Josh Coyote. Is um is probably an example of because I, I I usually am not a big fan of the loan system because I think it it, it gets clubs too reliant on certain players only for them to be dragged away. I, I've had that experience with uh, if you remember Nadison and um, and Yates when they were here a few seasons ago and then they were, were called by the <laughs> clubs. I mean, went to eleven.
1: I saw like a a GIF uh, recently or a, a meme or something like that recently. Uh, that said something along the lines of uh, fall, "catching feelings for a lone player is worse than catching yeah. feelings for a bird," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nateson did actually come to mind when when I read that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was quite Look, good. Um,
2: I, I think Coyote, uh, we, especially with him not being recalled in January and we didn't being here for a full season. I think I, I do. I do actually like Coyote as a player. I don't think he'll be here next season, especially with Rotherham. Rotherham being at the bottom end of the championship and them offering him, I think he's on there on a maybe four-year deal or something like that. So I think he'll be start, starring for uh, Rotherham next season, unfortunately, because I'd, I'd love to see him back. But um, another loan player, Ethan Walker, I think, well, as as you said in the last episode I was on here, maybe he'd be one to look at to bring in on a permanent, on a free in the summer, which is something mm-hmm. Carlisle, are a big fan of these free transfers.
1: Yeah, they do do like trying to to turn loans into free transfers whenever they feel it's possible. Um, It'll be whether or not Ethan Walker has any other options at his disposal, I imagine, Um, because he hasn't been treated great since January. He hasn't had that many opportunities to show what he can do, and I don't think it's necessarily been fair. Uh, When he does get on the pitch, I feel like he gives it his all. Uh, I just don't think that he gets uh, a fair run, especially when you compare it to the amount of games that Alessandra... Has played back to back and not scored in, so it's what it's one of those for me. I, I I would like to see Ethan Walker here next season. It's whether or not he wants to be here next season is probably the big question hanging over that particular transfer. As far as JJ. Goes. Um, I did mention on my last episode with Wills that because he's coming back from a long-term injury, and maybe one of the reasons he's because he's coming back from injury, that may be one of the reasons he's not going to be given a hundred percent for the next five games because he knows that he's going to go back to Rotherham. And why would you bother, you know, having a reoccurring issue when you're going back to your parent club? You've just signed a fresh contract, and you know you're getting paid a nice wage. So I. Don't think we're going to see the same JJ that we saw at the start of the season, which is disappointing, but he's been a really good servant in a blue shirt um, over the time that he's been here. So, I mean, hats off to him, and I I hope he has a great future ahead of him.
2: Yeah, but that's another problem with the youth system. When you get these kind of situations where it's like, do I really want to go out and risk injury to play for a club that I'm not going to be at next season? And I think the the, uh, the loan system can be... Sort of, especially for League Two and League One clubs, it can be used for huge benefit. But it's a, it's um, a side of football that I've never really been a huge fan of. For instances like, you know, Madison Yates, maybe you know some other uh, examples as well. But he, um, I, I am a big fan of Josh Coyote, and I hope he, if we have any chance of getting into the playoffs which is looking very, very slim. I think he will be a big part of it.
1: <laughs> I mean, those chances are hanging by a thread, but it's still it's still possible. And I, yeah, I think you're probably right. If we do get a big occasion in the playoffs, yeah, I think he'll turn up for the playoffs. I really do. Um, but we'll have to sort of push ourselves across the line, not necessarily rely on him uh, to, to pick the team up on certain occasions, which is fine yeah. because we've got some really good players in the team that can do that. I just want to say, though, the way that Harrogate play football is awful to watch for uh, a neutral <laughs> fan or a supporter of another team. It's it's like Carlisle, but without any style or flair whatsoever. The way the way that Harrogate play, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. The way Harrogate play, they play to their strengths, and Carlisle also play to their strengths. One of Harrogate's strengths is their defensive Um, organization and the physical strength and the attributes that they have around the defensive areas so as long as they can stop goals from happening when they get the ball forward they're looking for the set pieces they're looking for the long throws that they can get into the box they're looking for free kicks and they're looking for corners they're not necessarily looking to score from open play in the way that they were lucky enough to do against Carlisle United. Carlisle Also play for set pieces, but we like to get the ball down on the ground and run at defenders and then maybe, you know, get a deflection off a goalkeeper, have a shot on goal from outside the area maybe. It's more entertaining to watch, but the end product is still goals from set pieces. And if I was a Harrogate fan, it would do my head in (laughs) to just watch that (laughs) defensive style of what... It's what we do. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of what we do, but it's a much more defensive style of what, it's we, only what do. we do,
2: but worse. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so the, these two, the two games against Harrogate have been the worst two games of, of the season for me. I, I, ugh, we're going to see them again next season, and I, wa- I want to go to Harrogate just to shout abuse at them because they do not play football, mate. They don't play football. I don't know what the, they play. Harrogate ball, whatever that is. Yeah, well,
2: they're, they're a they're, classic they're... non-league side. <laughs> they, they play like, they play like a non-league side and the you know, I'd, okay. I'd love to go to Harrogate just because I want to go to, you know, I'd like to go to all away grounds and I'd like to go to Harrogate because it's close and because it's, you know, it's it's an away day that I, I've never been to before, but Harrogate's style of play is just, it's, it's like the old Stoke. You know, they've just got a load of, <laughs> just got a load of big players and they've just got, it's completely mm-hmm. defensive and hope that they can somehow get a goal at the other side. But the, look, you can say what you want about them, but, but at the end of the day, they've took four points from us.
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah You know it, it, It's effective And that's why They're staying in the division And that's why They're going to be able To build on it They've got good backers Over at Harrogate You know um, The yeah. owner of the club Is the shirt sponsor On the shirt So he, he supports the club Through and through With money And uh, you can only imagine Once they've established Themselves at a League 2 level He's going to look To bring in More big players And when I say big players I don't mean players On big wages I just mean physically Strong players yeah. And more of them <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) just a lot of (laughs) massive units in the back (laughs) four that's what it'll be they'll look like a rugby outfit by the end of next year Um, coming back into the end of the match report um, it's 1-1 Carlisle's goal coming from that from that free kick and and JJ scoring the header great times for us there was no um, potency to Carlisle's attack after that we didn't hit the target really it wasn't great to watch we were trying to score goals but it wasn't great to watch in the 90th minute there was a break against Carlisle um where I think his name was Muldoon or something like that, or Mulder. Or yeah, something.
2: Muldoon, I think it is.
1: Yeah, Muldoon. He was a, he was a constant issue for the Carlisle defence throughout the game. He was the guy that was on the last man uh, when Carlisle were pressing forward. And uh, my heart was in my mouth every time that he picked the ball up on the break. In the 90th minute, he had a chance to go against Carlisle. Didn't work out for him. Carlisle went down to the end of the pitch and won a corner. 91st minute of the game, one minute left. So I'm thinking, and that and you probably are as well, it's, yeah. this is the time, you know, this is the time, this is it, this is when we steal it, and this is when we take the three points. And I'm sorry, Callum guy, I'm really sorry, mate, because I'm a big fan, I think you're a fantastic footballer, but that was probably the worst corner you've taken this season, and it was just the worst, <laughs> the worst time to do it for us. It, just, it was just the worst time to just hit that low... Grass cutting, but it just cleared on the front post and the whistle went about 10 <laughs> seconds later, mate. And that was the end yeah, of the I game. Was gutted with that. <laughs> it was really disappointing. <laughs> Have you got uh, any any final words about that, about the game against Harrogate? Uh, I was just thinking,
2: with that last corner of the game, I was looking for um, Farmer to come forward with that. I know, yeah. I know, it, yeah, it's a potential loss if, if we do it, but with our season potentially riding on a win for that game. I'd have liked to see Farman come forward a bit, and it, it well, it wouldn't have mattered because Callum's guy Callum guy's corner was abysmal. But
1: you know, I, <laughs> it's always exciting when the goalkeeper comes forward. He did against Bolton. It is, yeah. Like he did against Bolton. He it came forward yeah. against Bolton. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I've literally just checked on the on, on the BBC website to remind myself that it was Bolton was the last game as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't, so I don't mess that one up. But yeah, he did. He did come up against Bolton. Uh, so that's a strange one, right, mate? Uh, we've we've done a good match report there and just before i give you the opportunity to tell everybody uh, where to find you and to find uh, the blue army tv channel and all their lovely social media links i want you to participate in one of my new features which is called <laughs> that's going to sound really good in the edit because i'm going to put lots of echo in <laughs> right um so your hypothetical question mate After seeing Mark Beck uh, come on against Carlisle, uh, wearing a yellow Harrogate Town shirt, but at Brunton Park, Mark Beck being a former Carlisle United youth prospect, um, I quite liked Mark Beck. I still wouldn't mind having him hanging around the club this season because I think he'd be a good second option. But the hypothetical question for you, sir, is if you could take any former Carlisle United youth prospect who has gone on to become a professional footballer, pluck him out of wherever he is now or wherever he was in his prime, and drop him into the current Carlisle United team. Who are you going to go for?
2: How many am I allowed? Just the one.
1: Ooh, oh, 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 oh! Is it tough for you? Have you got like a top two that you can't choose I've between? I've got, I've,
2: I've, I've got three in my head. Let's have it. The first one is quite an obvious one, and that's um, Dean Henderson at Man United.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. argue with that. Yeah. yeah, you're taking right now as well. Yeah, you don't, Dean Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need the time <laughs> machine for that one. We'll have that. <laughs> right, <laughs> top one, top one, Dean Henderson, yeah.
2: Yep, I'll walk him in nets. And uh, just in front of him, I'll have another current player in um, Jarrod Branfwick,
1: well, yeah, well played, mate. You've done you've done a corker again. You're having a blinder, yeah. Yeah, Gareth, <laughs> wait, he's, he's on loan at Blackburn at the moment. There were some controversial he headlines with a high boot earlier this <laughs> season. Unfortunately, he's had praise from Ancelotti uh, with his yeah. short time at Everton. He did get a bit of praise, and he's one of the players I own shares in on um, on the transfer market app. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: well, um, I think even though he, he did that high boot thing in that game, I think it was either that game or the one after he got man of the match. So, mm. and um, Blackburn fans that I've seen on social media seem absolutely love Jared Brand for it. And the big thing with him is he's not like a, a 20-year-old player that's sent out on loan. I think he's still only 18. Yeah. Or something around that because he's so he's so young, and I think he made his uh, England under. 21's debut or something along them lines one of the one of the England setups and I, I think he's going to play he will go on to play for England it is just especially from when I've seen him play for Carlisle which uh, I remember his goal he scored against Markham I was there it we lost three one, but he had a great game.
1: <laughs> but um, I've got a I've got a friend who is an Everton fan, and uh, when they signed him, I said keep an eye on his name. And he got to play four games towards the end of the season. And uh, my friend said he's a really good youth prospect. Everton do not do well with youth prospects, <laughs> <laughs> so I do think eventually he'll get into the England team. But I think he might have to. Go somewhere else, and then eventually yeah. transfer back up again. <laughs> I, don't, I just, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Sorry, your your third pick. Who are you going for? Third pick, uh, current working Reds manager and uh, ex Carlisle
2: left back, Danny Granger. Oh um, yeah, back when he back when he used to play for us in his prime, he was That's just it. he was magnificent. He's probably the best player I've seen, except maybe Jared Brandway, who I've actually watched in a Carlisle shirt. Some of his. Free kicks. I remember he, he scored against um, Oldham in that six nil, and he is just—he was such not just a like a really skillful player, but a, like a really tough leader at the back, which is what I think we need at the minute in the current Carlisle squad. So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take him and I'll put him where Nick Anderton probably is now.
1: so basically what you've done is 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 strengthened our weakest area at the moment really unfortunately our our defensive line is is the most suspect area isn't it really in this in most of these games and I'd say you've done a really good job of uh, plugging the defense there (laughs) (laughs) when you're talking about really good free kick takers for some reason I loved Lubomir Mikalik did you ever see him take a free kick from 40 yards I can't remember him. I... Oh, like, <laughs> Lubomir Mikalik was. I think he was a Slovakian. He was international right. as well. He was being called up to the Slovakian international squad while he was playing at Carlisle United. It was when we were in League Two. We signed him from Leeds. He would stand over the free kick like Cristiano Ronaldo, Do you know, with his legs like <laughs> yeah. apart parallel to the ball. And there's a free kick that he scored. And I can't remember for the life of me who he scored it against. But if you type in Lubomir Mikalik, free kick or just lube me a mickle at carlisle goal i'm sure that'll be yeah. the first one that pops up and he just he just thunderbolts it mate i've never seen a ball struck like that from 40 yards and it just the goalkeeper just doesn't have a clue what happens like <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, this is it's it's
1: lethal lethal the way that he hit a ball but granger the way that he could take a free kick was very cultured hmm. very practiced very training it's ground fu- I,
2: it's funny you mention him because um the Slovakian guy because there's a guy who sits next to me uh well before all this happened and he, he told me about that uh, that free kick that very one um because he, he he's, he's been there for ages sitting in that uh season ticket but he he, he told me about uh his free kick I remember because he, he, he's got tons of stories about all players but um yeah no he's been he's been brought up a few times and I've been speaking to him
1: <laughs> oh, buddy. I mean, I want, I'm trying to get somebody of an, of like a much older generation to come and do a special episode with me over the summer. It <laughs> <He, he> sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds like it'd be perfect. The honesty does sound like it'd be perfect. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'll find someone eventually, though. I'm sure I'll find someone eventually. Right. Well, maybe him mate, that was... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'll try. I'll try and find him. <laughs> oh, if he's listening, if he's listening, get in touch somehow. The, the email address is in the bio. <laughs> but, uh, that was really good, mate. I think uh, I I have to agree with you for most of them. I think I had in my head uh, I'd take Carl Dempsey back because he's smashing League One at the moment. Um, that's all good about him. But apart apart from apart from that, mate, I think that's a really good uh, free picks. Yeah, apart from. The old Kyle Dempsey, I think uh, that would be a nice cultured midfield, but we're doing quite well in our midfield at the moment. Right, where can the listeners of the Blue Army podcast go to find more of your content, sir? The YouTube
2: channel, Blue Army TV, um, on Twitter, it is at Liam Denwood. And um, I've recently, I haven't created an Instagram account, but I've recovered the password to a really old Instagram account that I had for it, which is... um, at TV Blue
1: Army, so <laughs> that, that's on there as well. Beautiful man, beautiful. Thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. And for um, me. I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll have you back again. We'll maybe do. We'll, we'll maybe try and do some kind of challenge. Maybe do some kind of quiz. Maybe I'll, I'll bring in somebody to make up a Carl United quiz and we can go head to head. That'll be good. That'll be good. We can put it, it on the YouTube class. and we can and we can and we can bang it on as a podcast as well. We can both use it for content. they eh? hey sounds good sounds good always thinking always thinking (laughs) right well mates and we're going to do we're going to do the sign off for the show mate so thank you very much for joining me and there'll be a little bit of music playing in just a couple of seconds thanks a lot liam yep thanks for having me. Oh, Reed Wills, welcome back. Uh, This is episode 15. It's been a full week without you. It's a pleasure to have you back. How have you been this
3: week? Uh, Yeah, I've been okay. The weather's nice. I've been, you know, um, spending time outside with people. Uh, Football... Football's not being so great, but we can talk
1: we'll get, about that. That's <laughs> it, mate. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're going to get to the doom and gloom uh, a little bit later on, I suppose. There's no point in spoiling it right at the beginning of the show. Let's try and keep things as positive as we can for the opening segment. And since it is the opening segment, I will continue with the tradition that I established on episode one, which is giving you, the listeners, the Carlisle United lineup for the game: We had Norman in goal, Hayden Bennett and Anderton at the back, with Tanner and Armour playing sort of wing back/slash wing positions. Riley Guy and Mellish in the centre of the midfield, with Zanzala and JJ up front. Now. When you saw uh, Anderton come off for Bennett in the last game, I assume you probably did watch the last game anyway, even Mm, though we haven't talked about it yet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I thought it um, it was odd to see Bennett on the bench, to be completely honest, and then to see him play a full 45 minutes and then to see him start this game, I would have assumed that maybe he would have been fit enough to start the last game. But then again, in the 22nd minute, he pulled up with an injury, and he was replaced by Danny Devine. It was a strange backline. It's not a backline we've ever seen before. It is improvised. We do have injuries, and we are compensating for the fact that we do have those injuries in certain positions. But when you looked at the team sheet, were you feeling nervous because we were going up against the top of the table side, and we were putting a ag- putting up against them a defensive line that I've never really played together?
3: Yeah, a bit. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, uh, change of formation, change of tactics. I thought, I mean, presumably Chris Beach has looked at Charlton and thought, these are a really good team. I need to adapt my tactics to play against them. I mean, I think the defence, you know, the defence kind of worked, uh, you know, conceded from a free kick. But other than that... You know, there was a good save that Norman had to make, but I think we defended pretty well both before Bennett went off and after Bennett went off.
1: Yeah, I think Carlisle's defence was much improved compared to the game against Harrogate Town, but I also feel like they were helped by the fact that the midfield stood up. Uh, better in this game than he did against Harrogate in the aerial battles, especially John Mellish stood out for me, for somebody who perhaps was missing or not even challenging for headers against Harrogate. And um, he definitely started to make up for it in the opening stages of this game. Talking about the opening stages of this game, uh, we had Norman in goal and he looked good. Um, he, he looked fine in nets uh, I don't know if it's just a little bit of a shot in the arm for Farman to say Listen, mate, sign your contract. We've offered you that one-year extension. Um, And if you don't take it, we've got a good-looking goalkeeper on the bench that might be able to step through. Or it's just one of those chopping changes. It's the time of the season to give other players a chance. Either way, I think Norman had a really good game. Any notes on Norman?
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, he looked very similar to Farman in terms of his kicking, his coming out and his punching which I'm guessing, you know, Chris Beach has has gone out and signed two similar goalkeepers because that distribution is part of his game plan. So, you know, he wants a goalkeeper that has that. Uh, Whether I think maybe it is the latter of your two thoughts that uh, maybe he just kind of wants to give Norman some game time towards the end of this season, because we know that Norman will be here next season. And I don't know what the situation is with Farman. Like, do we have an option on his contract where we can just extend that, whether we, you know, regardless or or do we have to actually make him an offer, as you suggest?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it was maybe one of those decisions because it, it was a bit of a howler against Harrogate. I'm not sure what happened on the front post, but it should have been blocked. And so it might have been a knock-on effect for the mistake that he made against Harrogate, perhaps the opening stages of this game against Cheltenham, Cheltenham looked like a side that were very nervous of the occasion. Maybe it, it probably would have been helped if they had the home fans in the ground. I, I think like the atmosphere would have helped them, the sort of like cheeriness of it, etc. But
3: I mean, they seem to have plenty of people in the ground. For yeah, some they reason. did, didn't
1: they? They did. <laughs> they did, they did, didn't they? There seems to be a lot of staff. <laughs> at Cheltenham on this occasion, but yeah. it was it was it was uh, it was a nervous opening for Cheltenham. In fact, the entirety of the first half, they didn't really uh, find a second gear. Uh, not to say that they didn't threaten on a few occasions, but they didn't seem to have any potency. They didn't look like a side that were top of the league. If anything, uh, Carlisle had their tails up, and uh, once they realised that Cheltenham were pretty happy to let Carlisle have the ball Carlisle attacked and there was some very good um one two some give and goes uh, and we haven't seen that style of football for an elongated period of time for a little while so for me i enjoyed that mate i enjoyed like not seeing the ball just get hoofed in the air a bit of head tennis it was nicer to see a little bit of you know Passing the ball around for a change. Um, You're you're holding back a lot of laughter there. What have you got to say about that?
3: (laughs) Uh, An elongated period of time. I've never heard that phrase before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get from my football analysis here on the Blue Army podcast.
3: But I think we were, yeah. I think we, we passed around quite well. And I've seen us play a passing game a few times recently. And we're pretty good at it when we do it, even though... It doesn't seem to be Beach's favoured style of play. Um, I, I I definitely want to see us do more, you know, do more of that. Because, you know, just seems to be a way through teams. And I, I, I don't think, you know, I think Toza and Cheltenham's other centre-back, I think they would have... They would have won everything in the air if we'd just kind of gone long ball. So I think, you know, Cheltenham were a team that we needed to be more on the ground against. But there's plenty of other teams in this division that, you know, we don't need to go long ball against everyone. And, you know, it's not like, as you've seen, we can't play a passing game.
1: Well, that's it, mate. That's it. I think, like, obviously, I did mention in my last match report uh, with Liam uh, from the Blue Army TV that Harrogate are the sort of team, their style of football begins with stopping the opposition from playing football. And Mm -hmm. then sort of uh, once they've been able to shut down any form of attack, they sort of try and pick them off and look for the set pieces. And uh, it doesn't lend itself to a very good game of football. So, like, the last game wasn't that much fun to watch. It was still the same scoreline as this game, but two very different games when you stand them up sort of side by side in the way that Carlisle performed anyway. Carlisle in this game being on the front foot. Anyway, it was... That sort of ticky-tacker, give-and-go style of play that led to a free kick about 35 yards away from goal. I believe it was JJ had his back to goal and was going to look to give and go and was brought down. Uh, Callum Guy stepped up to take the free kick, as he always does. And at this point, I was quite willing to put a £20 bet on, to be honest, to see see this ball end up on someone's heed and in the back of the net. I didn't think it would look that good. He headed the ball from probably behind the penalty spot. Uh, JJ rose really high, lots of momentum. Great whipped ball into him, and it was a very classy header. It's a sort of header you love to see. You love to see the goalkeeper jump and not be able to reach it as it just sort of goes past his arm into the back of the net. Uh, lovely goal. How did you feel?
3: Yeah, I mean at that time as well, results were kind of going our way. Uh, Forest Green got beat. Uh, Exeter were losing at the time. Um, Salford were drawing. It was only like a late winner for them. So, yeah, I mean, there was a the, there was a period in this game where we were playing well and we were winning, and other results were going our way. Apart from the Newport one, and it's fine margins. If if things had stayed that way, then we'd be talking about closing in on the playoffs instead. Exeter get a late winner against Grimsby, uh, Salford get a late winner, and 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 we end up having conceded a goal and only drawn, essentially out of the, you know, completely out of the playoffs. It it is
1: playoffs it is pretty much yeah, it is pretty much essentially over, isn't it? There's we've got two games left, six points and ten goals to make up with Salford being the team that's sitting in that last playoff position um, like you're saying it is fine margins and when the Carlisle goal went in everything was kind of going in our favour um, yeah but- Regardless of the fact, if we continue to win that game, if the other results carried on and finished the way they were always going to finish, then it was still going to be a Goliath task for Carlisle to turn around the four-point deficit with a nine-goal um, turnaround sort of period. But even still, yeah, it's fine margins, and that's why we love football, mate, isn't it? Yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, there were late goals. Um, you know, there were late goals to give Exeter a lot of turn that match around. And also uh, Salford's winner, so I wouldn't quite say that they were always going to end that way. And Grimsby had a player sent off as well, and they're doing, you know, they're giving quite a good fist, or they were giving quite a good fist of staying in the division they're down now. But you know, they had a, a decent run of form, beat Bol- uh, the beat Bolton uh, last week. So you know, when it was one 0 to Grimsby, you, you could see it finishing that way. Um, sadly, it didn't.
1: Yeah, these things just tend to happen in, in league yeah. two, don't they? You just can't predict yeah. anything, and that's why we love football, mate. You just these last minute goals. Is just sometimes it goes. One year it'll go our way. That's what we're waiting for. One one year eventually we'll get that run of good luck, and it'll all start <laughs> going our way. After the Carlisle United goal, Cheltenham started to grow into the game, but their attack was without much sting in the tail throughout the first half. Cheltenham only had one shot, and it wasn't on target. Um, So going into halftime, I could see that it was going to be a very different second half. There was no way that the stats were going to look that way at the end of the second half. There was going to be a lot of words exchanged. Uh, in the dressing room, game plans were going to get changed and something was going to happen. Like I mentioned earlier, my player of the first half was John Mellish. The way that he stepped up in the air uh, was notable. Uh, He had a good performance and I feel like he was winning a lot in the midfield it was a scrappy game in the midfield and his name was mentioned more often than I feel like anyone else's name was and he was putting in quite a good shift he was probably the most forward out of the midfielders as well so he was trying to bring in sort of zanzala and koD um, not massively successful in bringing in Zanzala to be honest I think he had a very quiet first half yeah, JJ probably um, being The more popular outlets when it came to receiving the ball. And unfortunately, Zanzala went a little bit missing for the first half, for me personally. But for you, um, did anyone stand out for you in the first half having a good game? And and also, how were you feeling the backlash uh, was going to be coming out of that tunnel for the second half? Did you feel like anything was going to be happening?
3: Um, Well, so I kind of would say the first half, the player that stood out for me was Callum Guy. he got his assist for the goal and he was putting in some very threatening balls. I don't think it was necessarily Zanzala's fault. He he was feeding off scraps and he still put himself about a bit and caused a bit of trouble for the Cheltenham players, but kind of wound up getting the uh, getting pulled up by the referee for that. You know, he is quite physical. I think some of the challenges that had the Cheltenham players complaining to the referee were a bit soft, uh, but they wanted to kind of get in the referee's head that that this guy's a walking yellow card, he's got away with this and that <laughs> and the other. And it did eventually get booked, and that's going to affect his game. And I kind of, you know, I, I didn't expect us to have it easy in the second half. I, I did expect Cheltenham to improve, just because they're... You know they're a good team, and they did make changes at half-time as well. They brought Alfie May on, who's a player that I would have thought would have been, um, you know, one of their star players. I don't know if he is or not, or if he had a knock, but he, he came off the bench.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, is is um, is that the same Alfie May that was at Workington?
3: Was he at Workington?
1: I, I mean, I've, I've for some reason. No,
3: no, football... no, no,
1: no. Kyle May, Kyle May. Ah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the first player that ended up at Workington that came back into the football league. You know, it's, it's happened a few times now. I mean, Dempsey and Potts have both done it with Workington. <laughs> They're flying now. Um, right, so Cheltenham did come out for the second half, and they had a really good pop at Carlisle on the 11 minutes into the uh, second half, there was a free kick given to Cheltenham and I've watched it three or four times and still can't figure out why they deserve a free kick in that position. There's there's very minimal contact, if any. Uh, There's not a stray arm that gets pushed in the back. The defender goes down like a sack of potatoes for no reason that I can see. Somebody throws his arms up in the air and stares dead eyes at the referee and the referee puts the whistle in his mouth and gives a free kick. And um, the resulting free kick was a great free kick, but it was being tarnished by the way that they got the free kick, in my opinion. mate, I'm not going to give them any credit for how good that free kick looked, even though it hit the underside of the bar and bounced up. All that good stuff you like to see on FIFA. I'm not giving you any credit for it because the way that you got the free kick, I don't feel like it was deserved. Did you see anything in that free kick? That was deserved the way that he went down. Was it a free kick?
3: I mean, it looked a bit soft to me as well. I was sort of like quite disappointed that we were that they were given a free kick for that. Uh, the Radio Cumbria commentators d- didn't really seem to comment on that, and it didn't look like there was a lot of complaints to the referee from the Carlisle players. So maybe there was a little bit of a trip or shove or something that we didn't quite. It just looked like you know he he kind of like leaned into him very slightly or placed his hand on his shoulder very slightly and and the Cheltenham player went down. But you know, maybe uh, maybe there was something a little bit more, you know, a little bit more of a of a definite foul in there that wasn't obvious on the telly because there didn't seem to be too many complaints.
1: Yeah, you're right. Carlisle didn't really react in a way that maybe warranted the, like, oh, what the hell? What do you mean it's a free kick? But even if you do react like that, you don't change the referee's mind once the whistle's blowing anyway. And I feel like this yeah. is a very disciplined side in the way that they don't necessarily moan at the referee once the whistle's being gone. They just stick with the decision because you can hear Chris Beach from the sideline doing all the complaining for them, to be completely yeah. honest. <laughs> It was a great free kick. I'm Fine, I'll talk about it. It was a great free kick. I'm not sure. Maybe the wind might have took it a little bit. <laughs> the way it curled underneath the bar, it was quick. Norman had next to no chance getting to it. Unlucky for Norman. He had a very good game, like we've already mentioned. And a clean sheet probably would have been fair for the performance that he gave because there was a couple of occasions in the second half where he was brought in to make uh, two or three reactionary saves and he did those very well. And another occasion where he was forced to command his area and he did that very well as well. Now, the game then developed into quite a good uh, entertaining match for the next 15 to 20 minutes and then Ethan Walker came on and it got even better for about 5-10 minute period Ethan Walker was quite entertaining he, he when he would pick the ball up he wasn't afraid to drive at the defence and shoot and I feel like sometimes Carlisle United are missing that sort of player that will pick the ball up and shoot not always look to pass you know sometimes try and get that curling shot from the outside of the area, he did it against Harrogate um, nearly scored a goal. There was a deflection. It went wide off a defender. Uh, it was a good effort. It again there. I said I mentioned it with Liam on the on the Blue Army podcast earlier on that um, he had a very good game after he came on. But I just wonder what's going on with his contract at the end of the year. It doesn't look like Preston have offered him a new deal, and he seems to be getting a few more minutes. Uh, in the run-in towards the end of the season here at Brunton Park. Is that a player that you'd quite happily see signed up to a permanent deal next year?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of, you know, I do hope that we get him back next season and I'm kind of working on the assumption that we'll probably go back in for him for a loan. But if if Preston were to let him go, then, you know, then I think we should look to sign him because he is very kind of positive, you know, you know, like you say, he gets the ball and he just wants to get into the box, take a shot, do something with it. Uh, I, I kind of like heard quite positive things about him from Preston earlier on in the season. So I think he's maybe still in their plans. I don't know. They are just looking on transfer, marked and he is out of contract this summer. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, whether they're just discussing that with him now, Either way, I think he'll be a player that we can get back here next season and, you know, hopefully be quite a key player next season.
1: Yeah, I think I'd I'd, I'd snap the hands off, mate, to get the opportunity <laughs> to sign him. Uh, the last the the coming off the bench these last two games, it's reminded me of how much of a good player he was uh, at the at the sort of start of January time when Carlisle were yeah. in that really good run of form. He was a standout player in that attacking free. He really uh, gave that attacking free some kind of edge and diversity to it. And it seemed like he'd finally picked up enough first team football that it was clicking for him and he knew what positions to be in and where to be running with the ball and where other players were going to and then there was Mm. that injury and I think he went back to Preston from the beginning of January to the end of January and then came back at the end of January and hasn't really had a run of form hasn't really been in the first team hasn't had a full 90 under his belt since coming back from loan so it's been a little bit disappointing i guess he did sort of go missing a lot during that poor period and maybe that was why he was left out of the side for so long anyway after that exciting period of football around the 75th 80th minute cheltenham decided you know what we're going to shut up shop that's it we're getting promoted uh we don't want to risk anything anymore we're not going to go and chase the win we don't need to chase the win uh, we only need a draw to secure promotion. And they just shut up shop. And to be fair, that's something that Cheltenham have been doing all season long. They get ahead in a game by one or two goals. And in the last 10 minutes of the game, they just shut aside out completely. And that's been a lot of their success this season. Is that I, They are a very well-organised, well-oiled, well-rehearsed team who can use a game plan such as shut down the opposition and keep it, keep the ball to ourselves very effectively. And they did that for the last 10 minutes. Carlisle was still trying to attack, but couldn't get there. And then, like we've already mentioned, results started to go against us. Those last minute score lines were turning against us. And just like that, it got to the final whistle and the playoff hopes were just gone. Weren't they, mate? Um, unfortunately, it all happens around that sort of like last two minutes of watching the game, and and the playoffs just slowly slipped away from Carlisle. I'm not going to dwell on that for too long. I think it's been a really good season. I'm also not going to do an end of season review right now, but downhearted to have a season finished two games earlier. Uh, then you want it to, uh, because we're effectively just playing in no man's land at the moment. We're not going up, we're not going down. We might see some crazy uh, youth players formations come through for the next two games then, and and we might see those guys get a bit of a chance, which will be a little bit interesting, I suppose. But what are you expecting now from the next two games, man?
3: Um, I I think Chris Beach did say that once it was confirmed that we couldn't make the playoffs, he would be, you know, a giving other players a chance with the with an eye on next season. So, I mean, we're not mathematically confirmed yet, but, you know, whether Chris Beach will treat it as though we are and just kind of like putting a, a team against Leighton Orient, who Leighton Orient, after Newport's win, can no longer make the playoffs either. They've been on decent form. So I can see that game just being a kind of, Two teams with, you know, both thinking about next season, you know, maybe both giving fringe players a run out. You know, and we might give someone like Ethan Walker a start if there's a chance that he can come back next season. Uh, You know, we might give a start to someone like Taylor Charters, uh, Kedwin Scott, if Kedwin Scott is kind of, as I suspect we never really expected him to hit the ground running this season but signed him because we think he's got potential then you know we might see him play
1: i think that would appease a lot of fans if we did get to see scott play from the start uh, this yeah. season it's, i mean it just, just cure a lot of curiosity wouldn't it
3: yeah yeah i mean i kind of I never wanted to go along with the thing where fans often believe that any player who's not getting enough game time must be like the next Lionel Messi. And, <laughs> you know, like there's always kind of like the player who isn't playing who fans think, oh, man, if, if he was playing, he would be, you know, solve all our problems or, or he's worth a shot. Where, you know, clearly Chris Beach sees him week in, week out in training. You know, he maybe knows whether or not he's ready to uh, to just you know to go straight into matches that actually matter. And I think Chris Beach has probably decided that he's not ready. But he was on the bench yesterday, didn't get used because we were you know going for a win. And you know, instead we've got I mean we've got like Patrick who we could bring on. We uh, brought on Ethan Walker. So we, you know, we had, and we brought on Alessandra. So there was more experienced players that we could turn to when he got to the stage in the game where we just need to go attacking and try and get a goal from somewhere to keep our season alive. We didn't turn to Kedwin Scott in that situation. And that probably indicates to me that, you know, that he's not seen as ready. But the fact that he was on the bench ahead of Jimmy Touré, suggests that I think he will still be with us next season. I think he is one that Chris Beach thinks is going to is going to develop into a good player.
1: That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, what you've mentioned there about Jimmy Tiore yeah. not being on the bench and uh, Scott being preferred this time to be on the bench because obviously sometimes Scott's missed out and 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 to be fair, that even with a couple of injuries, you you realize that there's still a lot of quality that don't make it onto the bench for a lot of these Carlisle games. For example, like Thurman isn't yeah. on the bench and hasn't. Uh, he was on the bench in the last game, but yeah, there's there's certain players that just really good players at this level. But there is a lot of competition in the Carlisle team. Uh, what Carlisle though have maybe been a little bit guilty of this season is not taking full advantage of the loan system. Now, I know that football manager isn't real, okay. I know that it's a lot easier to sign 17-year-olds from Man United on loan when you're on football manager and you're at Carlisle United. I know this, okay. I know it's not as realistic as real life. But I feel like we maybe could have had one player... On loan, that sort of classic League Two loan signing, the Speedy Gonzalez type. We saw them play against us all year long. I'm talking about the Montana type, sort of like the wingers that just don't belong in this division with the exceptional pace. Anyway, I'm going to shoehorn this little statement into my new feature, which is called the Blue Army Podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> There'll be loads of echo on that, mate. It'll sound sick. Don't worry. Don't worry. There'll be loads of echo on that. It sounds silly to you, but the audience will be like, "Whoa! How impressed! How impressed are we?" <laughs> I couldn't hold back. Anyway, anyway, your your hypothetical or question <laughs> is: if you could bring back any former blues Loney that we've had at Brunton park and uh, put him into this current Carlisle United squad at the start of the season, let's say. So maybe he would be the difference maker that could have pushed Carlisle into the playoffs. Maybe that makes it slightly more interesting. Mm-hmm. So if you can bring him in at the beginning of this season, and hopefully he's the sort of guy that's going to get those extra six points and pushes into the playoffs. Who would you like to see back at Brunton Park?
3: Well, you sent me this question about an hour ago. So Don't ruin bit... the
1: magic. Don't ruin the magic. What are you talking about? You're really okay. good when you oh, on the just... spot. Oh, sorry. You're really I'm, good I'm on the spot, to... mate. W- winky wink. To...
3: Okay. Um... <laughs> this is
1: all staying in.
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> see, I thought that, that I should kind of like let people know that I haven't really had... I haven't really had much time to.
1: That's fine. If you were to ruin the magic, that's fine. This is all staying in. I
3: know. I'm just gonna <laughs> apologise because, yeah. So I'll kind of like had a think through like who we've actually had on loan because I had to remind myself. Jamie Proctor. Ooh, I don't
0: whoa. know. What,
3: I don't. I don't know what he's like at the moment. I know he's <laughs> been like. I know he had problems with injury at times in his career, um, and he's been with Wigan this season. So I don't what know. What is it about
1: him that you think would have changed the squad up? Is he just a completely different dimension of player?
3: Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a, a tough forward goal scorer, kind of, the kind of forward that oppositions don't like playing against. He's, he's, he's big, he's physical, he's experienced. And I think, you know, a player like him could have, you know, could have seen us scoring more goals, could have seen us being a lot more combative, um, where we sometimes appear to have a soft underbelly, especially when we went on that run of poor form that we just couldn't get out of the habit and you needed somebody who was just gonna grab things by the scruff of the neck. I think it's that kind of player. Um, I've I've no idea how he's see, you know, how his career has gone since he left us, other than a few injuries. I know he's um, he's been at Rotherham, and then he's been on loan to Wigan. So he's been in um, he's been in a lot of relegation dogfights, and it may well be that injuries have ruined his career, and he's you know and he's no longer the player that he was. But he's still he's still a player from a division higher than us. So you know True. if we could put him into our squad this season and he had a full season, I think he'd be decent.
1: No, very true. I of love it. It's. I'll be honest. It's not. It's not anywhere near a person that I would have expected to have been picked when you have no. the wide. But also, when you really do break it down and think about it, the players that Carlisle have had on loan over the years, a lot of them really haven't worked out. Like a lot of them aren't even playing football anymore. They are retired at like twenty nine. Like Johan Smith is just. He's a coach in America now, in Vancouver or something. There's, Plenty of loans that just uh that just don't work out. If you get loaned out to this kind of level and uh, you don't break into the team and you don't find your feet quickly, it can be it can be game over as far as your career in, in, in quite a short period of time. But uh yeah, mate, I mean, thank you very much for joining us for episode 15. It is officially playoffs are over. We are going to be in league two, unless some freak thing happens where like the Salford squad all get ill, and I mean, I don't, there's a lot, I, I can't even imagine the amount of things that have to go wrong for us to get back into those playoffs.
3: Yeah, I don't think we actually can catch Salford, I think it's um, Forest Green that, you know, that, that are the only team that could drop out, so like, oh no, it is Salford, so like, mm. yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, you were right. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we'd need Salford to lose both their matches and us win both our matches, turn around ten goals on goal difference. So you know we've got to be looking at like um, two three nil, two nil win, three nil win, Salford <laughs> two nil loss, three nil loss, and uh, Forest Green have to also lose both their games. Or Forest Green can get a point if we win our games because we'll be above them on goal difference. Exeter City need... They're four points ahead of us, so they need to lose at least one game, I think.
1: I'll take tenth. I'll take <laughs> tenth mate. It's all right. I'll settle now. It's, we can it's,
3: still it's... target ninth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean we can target we can target it all we like. <laughs> but uh, I'll 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 happily take tenth. I'm not gonna like I mentioned earlier. We're not gonna get into a season review today. So, Will, thank you very much for joining me, mate.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me on.
1: This has been episode fifteen of the Blue Army Podcast. Today's loud and local segment features music from Loki Symes. It is their song, Tropical Hyperspace, which will be playing us out. Thank you very much for the music, Loki. And, uh, yeah, that's it from us. This week we've had Liam from the Blue Army TV on the YouTube channel and we've had the lovely Wills, the best regular guest you could ask for. Thank you once more, Wills, for joining me. Bye for now. Bye. (laughs) <laughs> I always leave in your little bye at the end as well. <laughs> I always find it it's really cute. I think I've lost your video there, man. Have you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's just—it's just kind of frozen on me for some reason. I don't know why. It's not a flattering picture, either, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, yeah. That's <laughs> why <I'll see>. it's <laughs> I it was a little bit distracting. Can, um, its it,
3: it,
1: it, its okay. We can—we can carry on. I'll edit that little bit out, anyway, so no one will know <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> it should be working. I've got. Um. Let me see.
2: Let me see if I can get that. Maybe if I uh, stop the video... Oh, uh,
1: <laughs> it came back again. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll carry on. I'll move on to my next points. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so free substitutions, blah, blah, blah.
0: Um, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck delivery.